Braves, Bulldogs, Falcons, Yellow Jackets, Hawks, Eagles. From the heart of Georgia, it's the Bill Shank Show. Happy Friday to you and welcome to our broadcast. I'm Bill Shanks with Russell Brown and Skip Seda here on this end of week show. We are at the Georgia Sports Hall of Fame Museum on Cherry Street in downtown Macon, Georgia. We are here for the ceremony that will start tonight with the jacket ceremony, of which I'm very honored to emcee for the 14th year. Also then the Fan Fest tomorrow at 1 o'clock here at the museum. We'll go through the list here in a moment of who all is going to be here, who's scheduled to be here now for the Fan Fest and then the big ceremony tomorrow night at the Macon City Auditorium. We have Mark Rick, Stan Caston, Andrew Jones, Ron Reed, Al Parker, Jackie Bradley, Buck Godfrey. Making sure I hadn't forgotten one. Sean Jones. Thank you. That's why you're here, Skip, to make sure I don't forget any tech people. Number one guy. Number one guy in the whole class. Going through the list and, like, trying to remember it. I've been focusing on these eight people for the last 24 hours, and I forgot one. So, anyway, Sean Jones, one of the best quarterbacks. We had Eric Zyra here last year. Sean Jones this year, two of the best high school quarterbacks. For me. I know everybody's going to talk about what they did in college in Georgia and Georgia Tech. Those are two of the best high school quarterbacks in the history of this state yeah. by far. I mean, they they are – you could probably almost say in the 20th century because they were in the 90s because there just weren't very many great prolific quarterbacks <laughs> in high school football in the state because they handed the ball off. Well, I was going to say because all the best quarterbacks were running the ball. Pretty much. But yeah. this is uh, this, these are some pretty good uh, players here and coaches and leaders. And so we're – we're looking forward to that. We'll uh, have Stan Caston in the next hour of our program, and then we will have Ron Reed and uh, maybe Al Parker as well. We're uh, working on that, so kind of juggling schedules. They played golf this morning at Barrington Hall here in Macon, which was really good, and uh, then they'll have the jacket ceremony tonight with uh, sponsors, kind of a private event, meet and greet, and then they'll be able to see all the fans tomorrow. Georgia Sports Hall of Fame is a state museum it's just simply located in Macon, so uh, those of us here in Macon try to protect it and take good care of it and invite all everybody else that um, uh, we want you to come by. If you're ever going through Macon and want to look at the museum and the great history here, it's a pretty cool place. I think we've uh, enjoyed being a part of it, Russ and myself, the last couple of years or last 15 years, right, Russ? We've been here for just yeah. about the start of the show, really. I think one of the first big shows we did was the the fundraiser. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we raised money for the for the Hall of Fame ceremony to stay in Macon when some people were trying to get it out of here. So we kept it here and did a good job with that. And it's uh, a great a great event. We we uh, are very honored to have it here in our town and honored to honor some great athletes and a lot of leaders this year. You know, a lot of uh, a lot of good leaders, even the quarterbacks, even Sean Jones. I mean, he led – he was the leader for Georgia Tech. He was the MVP of the Citrus Bowl when you all whipped Nebraska. Yep. And he had a, uh, a four-year run as the Georgia Tech quarterback, which we don't see that very often, do yeah, we? It was four. 
in Georgia Tech's history that have started four, four years. Four years starting. Joe? And he was the last one. Oh, Joe didn't start well, four years? I don't years? think Joe was four years. He How about that? Been. I'll check. So who were the other three? Do you remember? Oh, God, no. You knew I was going to ask that question if you brought it up, you dingleberry. <laughs> was it uh, John Dewberry? <laughs> I'm trying to think of other Georgia Tech quarterbacks for three. Um, you should know that, Skipper. No. Pepper's would, out there listening to you for Georgia Tech content, and you're falling been, down the job now. It would have been somebody like uh, – Pepper done called again wanting some Skipper. It would have been somebody like um, – Somebody in the Bud Carson era? Yeah, I was going to say somebody like Kim King or somebody like oh, that. Oh, I bet probably. Kim King's one of them. I didn't think about that. Don't you think Kim King's probably one of them, uh, I would think, yeah. wouldn't you? I would, I would think he would be. Maybe Billy Lothridge. Yeah. You know. I could see that being a possibility. Um, but uh, college career, let's see here. Are you are – you, Are you Googling – Georgia Tech quarterbacks. Well, That's I googled Joe Hamilton. Just you might to have see. to start that page. <laughs> <laughs> I just Georgia Tech quarterbacks. I don't know if they have their own page on Google. <laughs> I mean, um, on uh, Wikipedia, rather, uh, I should say. But anyway, call Moose right quick. Yeah, there you go. Well, we're we're close to getting a coach for the Hawks, I believe. What's well, Quinn um, Snyder? Snyder. Yeah, Quinn Snyder. Well, I was listening to Russell this morning. Were you really? Said, yeah. Well, thank you, Skip. Excellent show. All time. Excellent show. Right, Daniel's no really good. I mean, no, he, he great is. Show. He really is. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we were talking about Trey and said, uh, you know, he doesn't take any blame. He shifts this. You know, he doesn't want to say anything negative. And I thought, well, maybe he wants to be president. <laughs> maybe he's looking at something bigger than basketball. Maybe you need to give the guy a break, you know. But he can't come off as Polish. No. Joe can come off as Puerto Rican. Well, uh, you know. that, yeah, what's worse? Oh, God. By no. the way, I have a I have from the secret text line a potential four-year starter quarterback. Reggie Ball? <laughs> yeah, but he thought it was only three. <laughs> <laughs> Set you up for that one. Yeah, you're like, oh, oh, man. <laughs> You set them up, I knock them down. There you go. <laughs> yeah, how about that? I've gotten two about Reggie Ball, so people are out there thinking about Reggie Ball. Reggie Ball's right behind Stetson when it comes to Georgia quarterbacks. You know that, don't you? <laughs> if, if Stetson gets a, a, a statue in Athens, it may be in the same block as the Reggie Ball statue. That's for sure. But anyway, but, yeah, Quinn Snyder sounds like he's going to be the guy. And I want him? Yep. Yeah. I'm good. Yeah. I'm excited. And, and Zach Kleinen said they might tag on the president of basketball operations, too, and I I think that would be good. That's, yeah. the, only, uh, that's the only place I've seen that. So Yeah, that's true. Take it with a grain of salt. But, you know, just to have one voice, that's what that front oh, office no needs question. right now. <laughs> no, someone specifically in charge. He's the guy, right? And mainly for accountability, I think. If they talk about accountability in their job description, Russ, give him the daggum P president of baseball operations job yeah base basketball operations that too being be like stan and do both do whatever well i mean you you know you're sitting there you're going to try to hold the team accountable and then you know somebody gets upset and starts talking to management and tries to get somebody fired like russell wilson um Mm. you know you don't want that kind of situation if you're looking for accountability so if you bring quinn snyder in as as the guy you know it's not I, i don't think that's the best sort of system or strategy to win a championship, but I think it's what's best for this team right now. 
the uh, former Florida Gator Chandler Parsons, who had a short time with Atlanta, was on some podcast, Russ. I saw the video pop up t- today, and he, he said that Lloyd Pierce was not a good coach. He said, now, I, I've not been around Nate McMillan, but I've never heard anything but respect for Nate McMillan. But he said, those blaming Trey Young for Lloyd Pierce are, are barking up the wrong tree. It was not a good situation. Lloyd Pierce was not a good guy. He was just like, he's not a good guy. And I thought about that when you said that about Russell Wilson and or alluded to the Russell Wilson story with Pete Carroll, which I have a feeling after Russell Wilson's career is over, we're going to have a lot of stories coming out about, you know, he just wasn't a good guy, which I think we had a little bit of a glimpse of with that story out of Seattle that he was trying to get Pete Carroll fired. But um, – there, there, there needs to be someone in charge. I have not read anything bad at all about, about Quinn Snyder. The video I've seen a few times is of him getting on the players' behinds to get going, which is good. That's what this team needs. It needs that. I mean, well, they need it, but will they take it? Well, if I mean, they don't, you know the then NBA they're going to have to change. Well, see, and that's the thing. This is this is like my thing is bring him in, and it brings that to a head. Either it that's works, right. or you know you need to blow the whole thing up and start over because you've got a, a bad mix of players. It's been a while since the Hawks have had a fiery, fiery coach. We said on Tuesday, Skipper, uh, when Jason Walker was on with us, well, he was on on Wednesday, but after Nate got fired, we said, you know. It's been a while since we've had a fiery coach for the Atlanta Hawks, and we kind of grew up with the fieriest of coaches for the Atlanta Hawks, which that might be one area we want to ask Stan Caston to have some st- stories about is Hubie Brown. I was, say, he was, I was a, thinking Brown, Fitzsimmons. And well, you remember Cotton Fitzsimmons, who, yeah, Cotton was crazy. And then <laughs> two coaches after him was Hubie Brown, then Mike Fratello, who was crazy. In between Hubie and Fratello was Kevin Lockery, who was crazy <laughs> and loud. And then we had a quiet win in Bobby Weiss, quiet win in Lenny Wilkins, Lon Kruger, Terry Stott's a little bit fiery. But then you had Mike Woodson, Larry Drew, who were, what, comatose. That was almost a whole decade between those two. Mike, Mike Budholzer was pretty fiery, I think. Don't you think, Russ? Yeah. He oh, was, yeah. He was pretty fiery. And then Pierce and McMillan were comatose. So it's kind of time to go down that road of having a fiery coach The again. only non-fiery one that you mentioned that I really liked was Lenny Wilkins. I really like Lenny oh, Wilkins. Oh, well, sure. Lenny's always going to have a lot of respect, but he was just not fiery. He's one. No. I mean, he was just, you know, he was, he was quiet. and I like a loud basketball coach. You know, I like a – I like a basketball coach that you're not sure he won't kill you. That's why I like my football coaches. You know? Sure. Well, when I, I mean, when I was a kid, truly, I thought the typical baseball manager should be Billy Martin. Oh, I'm with you. You know, I thought every baseball manager, and we had no idea that the Braves manager at the time was going to turn into even more of a Billy Martin and Bobby Cox <laughs> and, and lead the history of the game in ejections. But Billy Martin was bat. You know what, crazy, and would go off and just, I mean, went after Reggie and everybody. The difference was Billy was crazy all the time. All the time. Bobby was crazy. drunk. Bobby was crazy when it came to, you know, the officials of the game. Yeah, he just didn't like them. Yeah. And he was taken up for his players, even if they lied to him about what was going on. (laughs) (laughs) Which has happened. But Billy, no, Billy was just drunk. 
he was just an alcoholic and he was drunk all the time. But then Hubie, Hubie Brown's is nuts. Hubie Brown's crazy. He's 89 years old, still broadcasting. I heard him on a game a couple <laughs> weeks ago, Russ. It's like oh, Hubie is still on the broadcast. And he's really? still good. Is he? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, he's, yeah. He doesn't sound like an 89-year-old man, but I, I listen for him and I'm like, I think that's Hubie. And I'm like, oh, yeah, that's Hubie. And, yeah, it was the same old Hubie. I mean, you, I, I just I listen closely because I haven't heard him, you know, very yeah. consistently because he's not on all the time. But I think he was on ABC, as a matter of fact. You can fact. be loud, but he was also animated. Oh, yeah. You know. He was like Billy, though. He did it almost for the hell of it. He wanted to show that he was animated. Yeah. He was nuts. Well, people like that do that to get the focus on them and off of their players, too, especially in basketball, you know, I think. And he was successful at we that. We had a good team. We have, we'll have to talk to Stan about that team. Yeah. I love that team. Fast Eddie Johnson, who just died God, last year. God, Armand Hill. John Drew, who just died last year. Armand Hill was always so cool. Danny Roundfield, who was outstanding Love human Dan being. <clears throat> Tree Rollins, who of course was great. Tom McMillan, Steve Halls, little Charlie Chris, Steve, who was great. It was awesome. I like Steve Halls. Yeah, he was great. He was a great player. We had a lot of great players we did. there, but and they were they were personable. They were likable. Yeah, you know they were not Wes Unseld, who was the devil. You know, Wes Unseld was crazy. God. He was tough. Man. Was, I'm telling you, and and that, well, it's funny you mentioned West West Unsel. Russ, the first year I watched the Hawks, they lost the Bullets. Forgive me if that's offensive for a team to be called Bullets, but they were called the Bullets back then. <laughs> Tell everybody in Washington. You know, the Bullets played the where the Redskins played. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Bunch of funny that they're all offensive, and uh, and of course, being a national is totally yeah, that's know, not offensive at all. No. But anyway, first year they were in the playoffs against the the, the Bullets. And they lost, and Dick Mata comes and shakes the hand of every Hawks player after they lost, which was very classy and everything. But they had two players on that team, Wes Unseld and Elvin Hayes, yeah. who would kill you. We talked. We were talking the other day about the changes in sports and the changes in the NBA. Yeah. I mean, these were brute force players who I don't know how anybody scored on those two. I mean, they were just – they were tough and they were mean. Do you remember the guy in the Mod Squad, Link? You remember the show, the Mod Squad? Look him up. Wes Unsel was like Link on the Mod Squad on steroids, growth hormones. He was he was massive. He was massive. If I had to jump on Shaquille O'Neal twice to keep from jumping on Wes Unsel once, yeah, oh yeah. I would well, – and Elvin All Hayes day. was just the same. El- Elvin Hayes was just squared off. He was just a square <laughs> yeah, body. Yeah. He was – you talk about a refrigerator. That's what he was. He yeah. Was just, he was a refrigerator with a head. I mean, they were – but but anyway. But also had that look. Oh, yeah. Like he never Ernie smiled. Like Big Cat Lad. Wes Neville mm-hmm. never had, smiled. He, oh, he was just – Yeah. Oh, man. He, it was basketball just, was different back then, though. Yeah, oh, basketball was what, – like, what was the word I'm looking for? Fun. Yeah, that too. it really was. We, and I don't remember him, but you remember like the year before I started watching, they had Truck Robinson on that team. <laughs> remember that Lenny Truck Robinson? Yep, I think he was from Georgia. But anyway, um, yeah, they, basketball was different. But they had they had coaches who were Dick Mott. I mentioned was crazy. I mean, you had so many coaches back there in the day. Well, back then the coaches ran the team. Yes, there was no question about it. You know, none of this crap that goes on now. No, I mean they were they were. In charge of the team, you had you had coaches that were just so respected, Stan Allback and and Dick Mata and Dell Harris and 
and Hubie Brown, and it was well, know, one thing about Hubie Brown. He was the first coach I remember being concerned about load. You know, during the game. Can't be kidding. All I know is, is one night, twenty years ago, I'm in the press box at Turner Field, uh-huh. and Skip Carey started telling Hubie Brown stories. <laughs> don't worry, I don't remember them, and if I did, they couldn't be repeated anyway. <laughs> you couldn't repeat a lot of what Skip no, said. No, no, but it was. I mean, it was hilarious because it was just a different. It's just a different generation. It was just he was crazy, and I'm not saying we need anybody crazy now. But we never, we need someone to take a pin and jab them every once in a while. Just get them going a little bit. But yeah, that's what they need. I mean, those last two games before the All-Star break, that can't happen. You can't just not no. show up because you're ready to go on a cruise or whatever they did during the All-Star break. <laughs> you're right. I mean, it's what you felt like, right? Yeah. I mean, those guys, that you could tell when they when it hit – the Monday of the All-Star break, that, that's where their head was. Yeah. They, that was. It was on a beach, feet in the sand. They were not focused on the, the basketball games they had to play. And, and no business losing to that uh, Charlotte team. And, then you, and then you think, you couple that, though, with the thought that I know we repeat a lot because it's hard to get out of our mind when Trey Young said the regular season's boring. Yeah. It's like, well, you just played like it was boring because you didn't show up. And you were already looking – I mean, it's true. It's yeah. just, just no way to put it. So, yeah, one of the videos I saw this morning was of Quinn Snyder getting on Rudy Gobert and screaming, wake up. And, I, I mean, you could hear him on the video. You don't, you don't, you'd never heard Nate McMillan say a word. He barely said a word. He barely moved. He just had his hands crossed and so forth, arms crossed, so – Anyway, we'll we'll see. We'll see. It, it looks like that's going to happen, though, and uh, that would be really good to does have. It, does it coach. concern you at all that Snyder, uh, I think the only championship he's ever been involved in was an ACC championship as a an assistant coach? He was with Duke. No. Nah. No. Nah. I mean, I don't know if there's talent enough to win a championship with this group right now. Oh, I got a trade possibility for you. I threw this to Jason Walker. Are you ready for this one? Yeah. Trey Young for Joel Embiid. Uh, yeah. If they – yeah. Cause Would I, you do it? I, I mean, I, I, well, no. I want to see how this goes first. Okay. I'm not ready to give up on Trey just yet. I, I want to see how it goes with the with, – if Quinn Schneider is the next head coach. Does he take well to that style? And does it make him a better player? So, but my thought process is if he doesn't, I don't disagree with you. If he doesn't, then trade Trey for a big and put him with DeJounte Murray. Yeah. And see if that works. Oh, yeah. Murray's definitely the guy you want to build around if if it comes to that. Yeah. I think so. Yeah. I'm always ready to trade somebody. I'm going to trade you to Cumulus, account skipper. They want to be back. <laughs> I don't think you can, we're going to get much in return. Of course, they're still going to make me go through the side <laughs> door. What kind of assets do they have? We'll get a – Voice tracker in. <laughs> They're still gonna make me go through the Maybe side a spot door. Maybe the parking garage. The one time I went through the front door, because y'all went, y'all were in the middle of something, so I went through the front door when we were at Cumulus. I'm sorry, you can't go back there. I'm like, well, I kind of. They told you I, that. Kind of can. I'm, I'm, I'm like supposed to be. And who are you? Okay, <laughs> so I just went back around and beat on the door till y'all finally came. <laughs> yeah, Lars Darling, keep you out of there. No, 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 no. Because no. that Kenny. was. 
That was whatever. Uh, well, well, all you had to do because the the security door when you got off the elevator didn't go all the way to the top of the ceiling. Oh, so really, all you had to do. I'm sorry, this was not. Was throw the uh, t-shirt over the top and then it hit the motion sensor on the other side and you were good to go. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> I'm right. sorry, who was that? Wasn't cumulus? Who was the one that was out there? I heart. Oh, I heart. The one out there by the beer company. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah that was the one. That wouldn't let me in. Oh wow! Because remember the front door. Yeah, because remember some, that's where somebody called and checked to see if I was part of it. They go, we don't know who he is. Oh yeah, I remember that. That's yeah. right. That's right. All right, real quick, Georgia basketball will host Missouri tomorrow at one o'clock. Missouri is twenty eight and eight on the year, and Georgia is sixteen and twelve. Georgia Tech will over be and at, under three hundred and twenty. Yeah, <laughs> Georgia. Now prisoners are going to be forced to watch this game tomorrow. Georgia Tech at Louisville. First one to fifty wins. <laughs> God, Good luck. we don't have that long. <laughs> we only play seven, no talking way. about load. Georgia Tech is 11-17, and 17, and Louisville, what, four? I four think, wins, yeah. I believe. Yep. So there you go. And I think Tech was the fourth win. <laughs> Thanks, Russ. I'm sorry. Georgia baseball will play Presbyterian. Uh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, Princeton starting today at Foley Field in Athens. Then they have a game against <laughs> Presbyterian before playing Georgia Tech next weekend. Four no Jackets will host Tennessee Tech this weekend in Atlanta. And Georgia Southern's baseball team is 2-2. Two and two. They'll host East Tennessee State this weekend for a three-game set in Statesboro. Well, after Tech eked out a win over them on Tuesday. Yeah. How'd you eked, like getting that strike call on the out, outside part of the plate? Oh. I mean, how many of those pitches at least two inches off the plate? Yeah, Eric, you, played Eric, Eric, you played them, not me. Eric, <laughs> Eric Gregg umpiring the game? No, there was, it was only about two or three calls, but they were pretty he's, bad. He's oh, at least man. two inches off the plate. Two inches. Come on, man. Eric Gregg. May he burn in hell. My Yellow Jackets won that game. Eight to six. Okay. We're After spotting up. them five runs in the, the first, the oh, starter okay. I can't and remember his eat. name. Oh man! Walk the first four batters, and they left him in. <laughs> they left him in. They for left Georgia him. Southern. No, no for, for tech. tech. Oh, for Tech. They, yeah, what yeah. was his name? He had a funny name, Schlotz Schlubert like or something yeah, like that. Pitching. Yeah, y'all's pitching is awful. We jumped out to a five to nothing lead, and they got us eight to It's six. a really good thing we can. Y'all are outscoring people going back to last year like twelve to ten. Oh yeah, on average, it's awful. Do you remember that uh, old Loyola Marymount team that used to score like 130 yeah. points? Yeah. They're the baseball exactly. version of that. Exactly. That's we're, it, the, man. we're the uh, We're the run and shoot offense. Y'all can't even find yourself Jesse Chavez to come in from the bullpen to shut things oh, down man. or anything, we, can you? Well, Golly. yeah, but it'd be nice to have somebody to come in in the first inning and shut things. How many innings? We've probably given up, what, 15 runs in the first inning? I, in like four I, games? I, four I would games, probably, but, yeah. Yeah. It's bad. It's been bad. All right, we're going to take a break, come back. We'll have Anthony Dasher from UGASports.com, then more sports talk. We're the Georgia Sports Hall of Fame Museum in downtown Macon. With Russ Brown and Skip Seda, you're listening to The Bill Shank Show. Three, 27 minutes after the hour. Thank you very much for being with us. for the Georgia Sports Hall of Fame Museum. Let's talk a little bit with Anthony Dasher from UGASports.com. Hey, Dash, how are you doing? Hey, Bill, doing well. Hey, the uh, the baseball team getting ready to get back in action now with uh, the, with Princeton yeah. uh, for a four-game set. And, and, of course, that's after Georgia won two or three from Jacksonville State last weekend for the first action of the new year. What were your thoughts on what you saw in those first three games? Well, Starting pitch, at least the first weekend, was a, uh, a little bit concerning 
I guess just because of how how uh, uncharacteristically wild the uh, you know, started starting pitchers were. Really, the whole you know not just not just the Jaden Woods and Lynn Sullivan, but a couple of the other guys as well. You know, I think it was what eight hit batters in the over the over the first three games, and uh, and neither you know Liam or Jaden were able to get out of the uh, you were able to make it to the third inning. And you know, that's something they've got to, you know, got to be able to do. It's just like, you know, Major League Baseball. If you can't get past, you know, third, fourth, fifth end, you're going to be in, in trouble. So that's what I'm looking from today. Jade's back on the mound. I know he's kind of, he's very anxious to kind of get back on track. And that's going to be the, the biggest thing. But offensively, I think the team's going to be, you know, very, very good. It's a strong lineup. Uh, I think he's got a lot of power. I'll score a bunch of runs. But again, just going to, going to depend on the pitch and how effective those guys can be. Yeah, Jaden Woods, of course, from Houston County here in Middle Georgia. They they are just going to rely on him so much this year, and uh, mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I just think this just pitching in general is always slow to go, it seems, out of the gate. I mean, we were just laughing before the break, Dash, about Georgia Tech and their pitching woes, uh, giving up a ton of runs per game. And yeah. you almost have yeah. to get through the first couple of weeks and try to survive and hopefully get your pitching going as the weather gets warmer, don't you? Exactly, and you know, right now, uh, you know, your starting pitchers are on pitch counts of about seventy-five. We may see them go a little past that this weekend, but it's usually two or three weekends before these the starting pitchers, especially, kind of kind of find their groove a little bit. Because uh, again, they've really only got like three and a half weeks to prepare. You know, from from Jan- from uh, you know early February, you know, late January, early February to, to once the season you know gets underway. So it takes the stars, I think, a little bit more time, but. Again, control stuff. I just got to need to be more aggressive. I think in the count. That's what uh, Coach Strickland was talking about. You know, some yesterday. If they can do that, those strikes early in the count, I think it's going to help them a lot. Anthony Dash, our guest, UGAsports.com. Dash, the basketball team will be hosting Missouri tomorrow, and uh, obviously they've had two tough losses in a row here after the 32-point loss to Arkansas. Uh, we, we've mm-hmm. talked about, okay, let's squeeze out another win or two here before the end of the re- regular season. Can they do it? I think they can. I mean, Georgia has played extremely well at home. I mean, if they were to somehow win these uh, two home games, Missouri and Florida, you know that Georgia would set the school record for home wins in the season? <laughs> I mean, seriously, if they were to somehow pull that off. So, you know, the, the, the road games and losses, you know, at A&M and Alabama, the, you know, at, at Kentucky, you know, last week at Arkansas, I mean, I mean, not much you can say. They've been blowouts. It's just been, you know, regular book tickings. Uh, but I mean, at home, this team has played played decently. They just got the, you know, I think get back to at least attempting to play some defense. So they have been some at times this year. They've been able to play some good defensive basketball. We've seen them have some success. So if they can, uh, you know, get that kind of turn around, I think they got a shot this week. Well, that would be really good because, I, I mean, they've got to know that the fans are very happy with the improvement, but they also yeah. want to try to finish strong. I mean, they, they, oh, they no want doubt. some good th- good things going into the all season, regardless of when that starts, don't they? Oh, no doubt about it. I mean, you want to end the season with a, a good taste in mouth. Again, I think they've got a chance to, to, to do that. I mean, again, I think Missouri game, the Florida game, here in, here in segment are winnable. And then they close the season on the road to South Carolina, which, you know, almost – you know, beat Alabama the other day, but still, still, it's a team that's last place in the SEC, you know, right now. So, you know, if, if, if this team could, I put it this way, if this team could 18 wins 
you know, after last year, I think that would be a tremendous accomplishment, and I think really give Coach uh, White something to build on for next season. No, no question about that. That's that's for sure. Well, we hope they they can do that. Hey, Dash, a couple weeks ago I asked you about Jamon Dumas Johnson and said, look, yeah. uh, no knock on him, but uh, is he going to be pushed for playing time because of of the talent behind him, like Jalen Walker and others that are just going to be pushing for playing time no matter what at that inside linebacker spot. He's not going to help himself to hold his position if he goes racing in, in Athens again. He's, he's got to – he he's a leader for this team. He's got to step up and not do things like that, right? Yeah, silly thing like that you just can't can't have. I mean, I know I hear a lot of well, kids will be kids. Well, these guys aren't kids anymore. I mean, it's time to yeah. some point in time you've got to mature and got to got to grow up. And again, I don't think it's going to hurt Jaden a lot. You know, other than having to spend a lot more time with Scott Sinclair, probably in the weight room, doing a lot of extra running, that sort of thing. <laughs> but you know, guys have to you know at some point, in my opinion, they start taking a little more responsibility. You know, for themselves, and because I know, I guarantee you, this was not another headache. That Kirby Smart warned after the tragedy, you know, earlier you know, yeah. this year with Devin Willick and you know, and, and you know, and all that situation. So, but you know, it, I say at least, at least this was not you know related to the incident. This actually happened like on the tenth of uh, January, a day after the the championship. But regardless, I mean, it, Kirby Smart doesn't want his players being in the news like that, and. And it just, it just just hurts everybody when that when that happens. No question, no question. Do do we know anything else new about Deuce Robinson and and uh, out west the tight end who is uh, yeah. still kind of keeping everybody on on alert of when he's going to commit? Well, the biggest thing with him is baseball. I mean, I've seen some uh, projects yeah. for him. You know, having him as a as a as a, as a top hundred pick. I think I think I've seen five number eighty five, and that's going to be a factor with him. I think I do think he will play college football. And I think uh, you know, it's probably between Georgia and USC, you know, right now. But baseball is something that this young man is very good at as, as well. Wherever he goes, he's going to play, I think, well, no question, he's going to play both sports. But uh, right now, I, I don't know I don't, what he, I don't know what he's going to do. I keep seeing some projections that have him going to Southern Cal since he's you know, from, from out, out west. But, no, we'll, we'll, we'll see because, again, I think, people, I think most people know that Kirby Sport actually coached his father out of Florida State when Coach was a – a grad assistant down there, so I'm not sure how what kind of effect that will have. All right, we'll see what happens for sure, and uh, we know it's going to be a fun day in the ball yard. The weather okay in Athens for today? It is cloudy right now. I suppose uh, uh, like a 40% chance of rain later on. Hopefully, it'll hold off. I hope so. I hope so. We'll enjoy the games this weekend, Dash, and yep. we appreciate it as always. And we'll talk with you again next week. We'll do it. All right, Anthony Dasher, our guest, UGASports.com, getting ready for a big weekend of, of baseball up in Athens. I meant to say this, if you've not heard, Kevin Cross, Kraus, I should say, is the new public address announcer for the Atlanta Braves. He was picked over about 500 people. I love this selection because when we were at a game, I think all three of us were there last year, I was listening and I said, who is that? Whoever it is needs to be the PA announcer. And it was on one of our Friday night trips up there. Do y'all remember that? And and I um, I said, this guy sounds really yeah. good. Do you remember that? Uh, yeah, I remember you pointing that out. I didn't realize that's who it was. Same yeah. guy, yeah. yeah. Same guy, yeah. That's pretty cool. Because I found out later uh, from uh, when we were there, for, I was there for the playoffs, 
they wouldn't let y'all in. What y'all do to them? That uh, we're going to handle that this year. The <laughs> the problem of you know obviously the guy died, the PA announcer died, but they had two people, and one of them was the Gwinnett guy who was doing the games, and so I knew from hearing that 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 was the voice because I knew the other guy, and this was the much better. I I think it's a great pick because I mean he was. I listened to him when we went down to the seats later in the game, and I'm like, man, he's really good. So I'm looking forward to hearing him. Well, I'm glad you did, but I'm more of a journalist. I pay attention to what's on the field. So um, Since when? You know, I'll, I'll try and give him a listen, you know, next time. I tell you what, since you're a journalist, when we go to Florida next month, we got to be on the lookout for Ian Anderson's slider. Yeah. I can't wait. I'm, I'm kind of excited about that. I'm thinking everybody need to be on the lookout for that. Hey, yeah, that pitch looked kind of funky from that angle they had the camera on, didn't it? Yeah, I mean, I, hopefully he can get back to putting up the numbers he did in the postseason. And, I mean, he struck out Michael Harris and Matt Olson with it. So Yeah. Well, the manager thinks very highly of the slider. And, you know, he's a pretty negative dude. So, if he thought. Thanks very highly <laughs> of Ian Anderson. He loves Ian Anderson. Yeah, I know it. He loves him. So, yeah, I. Yeah, I I, I I was encouraged by it. I mean that's our fifth starter. Yeah, I'm, I'm not worried about Ian Anderson. I, I'm really not. I think fifth starter, wonderful. I think he is give him just a very little while, and he will be a much lower number starter than that. But so rate him. I'm I'm trying not to get excited. Rate him. I'm talking about Soroka. That's the one that turns me on. Well, but, I mean, I, he's going to be a trip play to start. Oh, man. He's got to be. Because you've got Max, Spencer. They're peeing in their pants about Spencer Strider down there. <laughs> yeah. If I got to rate them, the top five right now, my five is Charlie Morton. Well, it may be. I mean. Russ, what rate him? What do you think? Uh, well, Max, for sure. I got to put Spencer's, too. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I got to. You certainly cannot I, argue with him, res- too. With all due respect, yeah, right. I, I mean, my God. Yeah, I mean, I know he won 20-some-odd games last year, but Spencer, I mean, it's just the the, the strikeouts are, are just incredible. I mean, he averaged last year. I, I went and ran it just to see how many strikeouts per inning he averaged. It was one and a half. I mean, that's – that's insane. So, I'm, yeah, and I'd go right four I – mean, I'm sorry, three, Charlie four, and then Ian five. Pretty good. Pretty I mean, good. Yeah. I can't, and, I mean, and then in AAA, Mike Soroka. Michael Soroka. Michael. Bryce Elder. Jared Schuster, number one prospect. Dylan Dodd, who caught the eye of some people last weekend when he pitched. A live bull, bull, uh, BP. Live BP. And then Darius Vines, which is five pretty good, pretty pretty good arms. And I'm telling you, they they pitched 31 guys last year on that 162 game schedule. It's a lot of people, so you're going to need a lot of people. You're going to need a lot of people, and you know, I pretty feel pretty safe in saying this. Uh, You can verify it. Even your manager thinks you got the best bullpen in baseball. I think so. I think he's pretty happy with it. That's a. I mean, that is one. Hell of a luxury going into the season. We got the best bullpen in baseball. It's the you know. depth. Yeah. Depth's so good. You, you know, better throw in seven innings and with that first five that we just said, runs are going to be at a premium. We talk about Georgia and they're copying the Alabama deal. I'm not saying the Braves have copied the Dodgers at all, but we're getting ready to have the Dodgers president in here in a little bit. 
But, I mean, the Dodgers are always uh, about depth. They just are all about depth. And where did Alex Antopoulos come from when he was named the general manager? Los Angeles. And he just does a great job of accumulating those players that you know you can count on and you're going to have to count on. Maybe not, not even if, but when. Because that's just how baseball is now. It's a mm-hmm. revolving roster every day almost. We we sit here and laugh like when there's not a roster move before we go off there at 6 o'clock before on the game day. It's like, oh, what the heck happened? You know? Yeah. It just doesn't happen very often. Well, I think you said it best yesterday. It's not the the active roster you have to pay attention to anymore. It's the entire 40-man roster is what you really need because all of those guys are going to play. And I was reading that the piece about Ian Anderson, and I had heard this but forgot. I mean, they, the Braves used 11 starters last year. Yeah, That's crazy. That's crazy. But it's, you know, and some <laughs> of them were uh, like were three of them or two, two of them were for one game, I believe. Yeah. But still. But out of the 11 starters that they had, what I think is so great about it is the ones that didn't pitch that much or came up for a cup of coffee, just two or three starts or something like that, they could pitch other places every day. Oh, yeah. You know, Absolutely. and it's the depth that you're talking about. They're holding on to these guys because we're not going to get anything better, you know. It's just – it's it's kind of crazy. But then you're talking about monitoring the Dodgers. But that's what we did the first time we went that's on right. a run forever. That's right. So, the Dodgers kind of copy us. Well, you said – you say that, but Stan Caston was there. W- but he told me – he said – when he came back with the Braves, and he could tell this story, but I'll tell it because he told me, when Ted told him, you're taking over the Braves, he didn't want to. And he didn't have any, really leave him any choice. Stan looked at the Dodgers and how many scouts they had, and he said, holy crap. They had like 10 more scouts than the Braves did. And he hired a bunch of scouts because he knew, and that was you know in the mid-'80s when the Dodgers – were under time of sort, and they were getting under, out of the Garvey, Lopes, say, Russell days. But they were kind of transitioning. But, I mean, they always had strong farm systems. Remember how many rookies of the year they had? They had one every two or three years, for crying out loud. Cause they, but they had the most scouts. Stan said they had the most scouts. And three years later, the Braves had the most scouts. And now what do we have? We don't have the most scouts anymore. Which is scary. Which is scary. Well, it's because of the dads. All right, we're going to take a break and uh, come back, talk more sports for the Georgia Sports Hall of Fame. Back with that and more right after this. Wanted to go over again the list of people who will be part of the Fan Fest here from the museum tomorrow at 1 o'clock, 1 to 3 o'clock. You can come to the Georgia Sports Hall of Fame Museum on Cherry Street here in downtown Macon and talk with the Hall of Famers, get autographs, check out the Hall of Fame. So here are the people who will be part of that fan fest. Buck Ballou, and again, he'll have his book here. Georgia fans, if you are a longtime Bulldog fan, you'll want to get the Buck Ballou book. And it's a great book. I've read parts of it, and it's a it's a great book. And if you have a, a Georgia fan with a birthday coming up or anything of that nature, it'd be great to get that from Buck, a signed copy. He'll be here signing copies tomorrow. Jackie Bradford, one of the inductees. Bobby Bryant, former 
Minnesota Viking football player, Alan Chadwick, high school football coach, Pete Cox, golfer. You've got Buck Godfrey, of course, one of the inductees going in. Steve Holman will be here tomorrow for the Fan Fest, the legendary voice of the Atlanta Hawks. Bob Horner will be here tomorrow for the Fan Fest, the former Brave star. Sean Jones, former Georgia Tech quarterback, will be here tomorrow. Roger Kaiser, college basketball coach. Jamie Kaplan, great tennis pro. Stan Caston, who's going in. Tom Lyons, coach T. McFerrin, high school coach. Al Parker, tennis player, who is going in the Hall of Fame. George Patton, Bill Plager, great golfer. Ron Reed going into the Hall of Fame. Mark Richt, Phil Schaefer, Gary Stoken, and Brenda uh, Thomas Clyatt as well. And Moon Pie Wilson will also be here, as will Scott Werner. So there you go. If you're going to the to the uh, ceremony tomorrow, one of the parade of stars is going to be Evander Holyfield. He will not be at the Fan Fest. Evander will not be at the Fan Fest, but he will be at the Parade of Stars tomorrow. So there you go. So will Andrew Jones, and I'm just trying to see of the others who are going to be there who may not be in the in the um, at the Fan Fest. Manny Diaz is going to be here, the tennis coach for UGA, of course, is Port Al Parker, Kent Hill. It's going to be at the Georgia Tech table, Skipper. Be careful. Um, let's see. I think that's uh, Willie McClendon's going to be here tomorrow, which will be cool to see Willie McClendon. And uh, that's it. So we're going to have a great – oh, uh, uh, Jeff Treadway's going to be here tomorrow night, so it's always fun seeing Jeffrey. So, anyway, it's always a fun time to see the great – players and coaches and broadcasters and uh, just a, a great list of Georgia Sports Hall of Famers. Is Treadway, is he still coaching? I believe so, yeah. I believe he is, yeah. I'm glad Bob Horner came back. I mean, we love Horns, but it was great for him to come back a year after he was inducted. That doesn't happen very often. I hope he comes in time to talk. Yeah, he may. Have you may. reached out to him? No, no. I'll be, we'll, we'll try to see if we can, though, see if we can get him on the air. But um, – I'm just happy he's coming back. It's always – it's just a treat. You know, Dale Murphy was coming, but then he had uh, a high school in Tennessee that wanted him to come speak for their preseason banquet. So that kind of took a little precedence, unfortunately. But he, he was coming, and he said, ah, I got this high school in Tennessee that uh, – he had such a good time last year. He really enjoyed it when he came with Bob Horner. Oh, yeah. So that was that was good, you know, yeah. to, to have that. Yeah, I, I – you know, we get to spend time with Murphy every now and then, you know, which is obviously a lot of fun. The three of us get to do that. But it was really cool getting to spend some time with Bob Horner. Oh, yeah, you absolutely. Know, uh, that was a lot of fun. It was great, great to, you know, to look back on that time and brace baseball. And even Russ remembers the four-homer game. Oh, yeah. So that's always a good thing, right? <laughs> even time. Russ, you got to – I was going to say, but you were what? Probably six. Okay. Yeah. You know, you know we did, if somebody's new listening, they want to like know a the casual cra- fan. No, Russell. So the, cra- <laughs> the crazy thing is, Bob Horner hasn't been a Brave in 35 years. Wow. Oh, man. 
<laughs> wow. So when you put yeah. it like that, Bill. Yeah, I just got a lot older. Thank you. <laughs> I need a way down. I know. That's kind of bad, <laughs> isn't it? I'm 60. Now I feel 76. Yeah. Golly, we're I don't around know if I need of, a nap or uh, to eat dinner. I'm around a lot of old people, you being 60. You are a lot of another old Another friend turned 60 the other day. So <laughs> and the one, Another one turned 65. It's like, golly, uh, that's the deal. The kid that lived next to me growing up just turned 61 yesterday. Yeah, well, you'll turn 61. Doubt that Doogie's cousin turned 61 today. Well, just tell her age on the damn radio. <laughs> she's, 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 in, she's in Savannah. <laughs> well, we're, uh, we're all in Savannah. Oh, that's right. Hey, anybody in anybody no, in, she's in Fernandina. Oh, anybody around she? Savannah, Fernandina, tell Vicky Doubt that happy birthday. She's Savannah's about, a long way She's about birthday. five foot nine. I'd say it goes about a buck 45. If, okay, if, that <laughs> narrows it down. Thank you. That's good. Uh, yeah, I mean, we're getting older. But no, Russ – Russ only saw the end of Bob's career. Yeah. Like, unlike us, we were listening the night he hit the home run off Burt Be Home by 11, <laughs> which is his first game. So, there you go. But it was good. It's good of him to come back is the point. Would you think signing Bob Horner, how did that compare with signing Steve Barkowski when they both showed up in Atlanta? Well, I didn't watch when Steve first got there. You remember when he came from the airport when yep. Channel 2 had it on the air. That was a big so, deal, man. Both of those were huge deals for the city of Atlanta. I I can't remember a – in fact, I don't believe there is – a baseball signing that was as big as that. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure. Well, but that was – he was a big-time quarterback. That was, that was it. So, I mean, I – I would think the Steve Barkowski signing was really good. I don't think people realize who Bob Pointer was because he was just coming out of Arizona State. It was different then. You know, I think it was just a little different. Well, it was, but, I mean, I remember it. But then again, you know. Well, you just said you're 60, so you're old. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, some good some good uh, memories for sure. And uh, we're so glad that a lot of the Hall of Famers are here. Stan Caston. Good memories just walked in the door. That's right. I couldn't. <laughs> Stan Caston is going to be with us uh, in the next hour to talk about some really good memories. Um, we're going to throw him off on some of the things we're going to ask him, though, about uh, – he, he thinks we, he knows what we're going to ask him about. Yeah, he we, thinks that L.A. media is – Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, he, he thinks Plasky's a pain in the butt. Making, making deals this with us. That's where it goes. We're going to talk with Stan Caston and uh, look back on his career for sure, and uh, we look forward to that. Again, the Georgia Sports Hall of Fame, the Fan Fest tomorrow – one o'clock here at the museum downtown Macon on Cherry Street. We hope you'll come and be a part of a great weekend at the Georgia Sports Hall of Fame. You are listening to the Bill Shanks Show.